Welcome to the Skyda Softball Podcast. Your host, Matt Scott, will be interviewing players from past events and future events. And now, your host, Matt Scott. Hey, everybody. We at the 521 Finland Station are a proud sponsor of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and their celebrity softball game. Come down to see us at the 521 Finland Station here in Kershaw, South Carolina, home of the 16-ounce ribeye. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Sky to Softball podcast. And on this episode, we have us another former member of the Sky to Softball family on today's podcast. We have former track and field member at the Citadel, if I'm not mistaken, and 2021 Team Hudson participant, Mr. Evan McDonald. Evan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So glad to be here today. It kind of felt a little overdue. You know, we were, tra- you know, we've both been on a busy schedule. We're trying to, you know, trying to correlate the schedule where it's like, all right, I'm free. And all of a sudden it's like, when are you free? And all of a sudden we both te- you texted me earlier today. It's like, hey, let's, I'm free today. Let's get it done. I'm like, all right, I'm your man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. That's what happens after you get done with college athletics after you get done with everything life hits at, life comes at you fast yeah facts you know i mean it was life had hit fast to me after high school baseball and after college but two but in two different ways but you know it's, <laughs> you know every one of the things i usually go into guests is their recruiting process what that was like you know take us in your experience you know coming through high school and getting looked at by colleges and the second to second part of that question, what would your advice be for those who might be starting their own recruiting process? Absolutely. So here's the weird thing about me. I was not recruited at all. Really? Um, So I, in high school, I did football, wrestling, and track, but I did, football to stay in shape for wrestling. And I did track to stay in shape for wrestling. And I got recruited for wrestling to a small, to a few small D3 schools. However, in my heart, I knew I wanted to go to one or two places, either wanted to go to Clemson or the Citadel. And so when it was time for me to make my decision, I actually by some miracle got into both completely. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I know where I'm gonna go. Now let's just see if I can make the best this opportunity. So I reached out to both the wrestling coaches and the track coaches because I knew there was no way I was playing football. I wasn't good enough for that. So I reached out to both the wrestling and the track coaches at Clemson at Citadel. Clemson, I never heard back from either, not even the club coach for wrestling. But for the uh, Citadel, I heard back from both. For wrestling, they offered me a walk-on spot. However, for track, they told me I could have a third walk-on spot with the opportunity to get it to get scholarship by the end of the year, which by setting a goal that was very, very obtainable for me. So I knew I was good at both. I came into uh, college going, all right, you know what? This is a goal I'm going to get, and this is something I'm going to do. But the all it all started because I took the initiative saying, I'm going to do something in college. I'm going to do something in my life. I'm not just going to go 
and just go to college. I want to be more, I want to be the best I possibly can and try to better myself. So I reached out and tried to use what I knew how to do, communicate with people and really try to grow myself in that sense. Yeah. So, and not yeah, having and, to cut you off there, but like me and you could both agree, you know, just being able to put the word out there, it could get somewhere and you never know until you try. Absolutely. You never know until you try. Yeah, like I said, I didn't mean to cut you off there. So I think there was a little bit more to that, to that story you were telling. Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to say, if, if there's any advice I could give to anybody in college, and I actually got a few of my friends, including my brother, um, who now runs track at, who now runs track at the Citadel, having never done track at all um, in high school, just reach out and take the opportunity. The worst they can say is no. I know that the Citadel is a small, small school, but by some miracle, we're D1. And now both me, my brother, and my friends who all went to my high school and we're just, we were better than our, everyone else around us in the high school level. And we were good at the college level, if that makes sense. But yeah. just by taking the initiative and saying, hey, can we, what are the opportunities we get to play and compete at the college level? They said, yes. So take the opportunity, reach out and connect. They might say yes, or they might say no. But you never know unless you ask. Yeah, and, and me and you both you could probably agree to this too. It helps building connections because it could definitely help you get to somewhere down the road, whether it's still in sports, you know, whether you're playing or trying to coach or just trying to, you know, do something for that for the community, especially. Exactly. So just go through some of the honors and awards that you earned at the Citadel. The 2019-2020 Southern Conference Commissioner's Medal. <laughs> three times on the Dean's List and then four times on the Gold Stars. So for those that, you know, for those listening at home, just kind of give a little background as far as how I guess you say that the awards work at the Civil because, you know, obviously the Civil is a military based college. And, you know, we're, we're, it's not, it's different from the usual of uh, such and such conference awards, such and such this award and things like that. So just kind of talk, go into the, the experience of what it was like just being on campus at the Civil, what, you know, just being around the area. Charleston, what that was like for you. Absolutely. So the Citadel is not your average college. You have fun in college. The Citadel is a school. You do not have fun in school. <laughs> I feel like a so, lot of people are sitting there thinking, well, nobody's ever had fun in school. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I would say, and again, as you mentioned, the biggest difference is that the Citadel is a military college. However, another big difference is that it's focused in Charleston, South Carolina, which is just enough of a tease that allow you to say, all right, I can make it through this. Um, so when you first get there to the Citadel, it is nothing but interesting chaos. It is organized chaos in such a way that people are telling you which way to go, which, which, uh, which foot to take a step on, what clothes to put on. And most people would get most people get scared off by the idea of it. However, every athlete knows this. A coach often yells at you and tells you, 
He says, you idiot, why can't you do this? Take a step here instead of taking a step here. We need you to block off this right side. We need you to run this sort of way. Come on now, you gotta think, you gotta use your head. I can't believe you did this. Every single person, every single coachable athlete and person who actually knows what sports is about knows that, okay, coach said I gotta take a step here, not take a step here, I gotta run this way. They all, they just threw out all the other words out of their mind because they focused on what was important. That's exactly how you get through the Citadel. You learn, okay, I got to put this clothes on. Don't let it hear what they're actually saying. And so once you have that mindset, the rest of schooling is actually, the rest of the college aspect, the military side of things is actually very, very easy. Um, but yeah, Citadel itself is a tough environment to be in, but it's a very academically rigorous environment. Meaning, so every day at every school night, at about at 7.30, there is a mandatory study period from 7.50. So 7.30 it starts, but 7.50 to 11 o'clock. No one's allowed in your room. You're not allowed to watch TV. You're not allowed to play video games. You have to have a textbook or your computer open doing schoolwork in front of you. And you have to be back on campus. You're not allowed to leave campus at all during the week unless you're a upperclassman. Um, you're not allowed to leave campus at all during the week. So basically the only thing you have to do on that campus during the week is go to class, go work out and go eat. That's pretty much it. So it's basically a wash, rinse and repeat type of schedule. It, exactly. It's a wash, rinse, repeat. And most people say that the days are long, but the weeks are short. The days are long. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see how that could apply, you know, because it definitely makes the days a a process where you got to get through, you know, make sure you get everything done. And you know, once you get it done, you sit there and you think, all right, you got a minute to relax. Then, all right, back at it again. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. And so once you learn how to survive a day, you then look forward to the end of the week. And the end of the week is when you can finally leave campus, but you have to come back every single night. So I can leave campus on Friday after my last class, my last opportunity, my last thing I have to do, as long as I'm, and I can go out wherever I want to, as long as I'm back by midnight on Friday night. Same thing with Saturday and Sunday, got to be back by 7.50 for the study time. So there's not much freedom at the Citadel, but you do get that little taste that it says, okay, I can make it through this week to taste that again, to go out, to be able to actually have a nice dinner, go to the beach, have fun. And especially when you know you got got the beach, beach, you can go chill out for a couple hours and go back. It kind of makes it worthwhile. Oh, yeah, it absolutely makes it worthwhile. Now, here's the other interesting part on that. You can't necessarily look forward to that if you're a athlete because you have practice, you have games, you have competitions on the weekends. However, here's what you do get to look forward to. You're not stuck on campus throughout the week all the time. You have the opportunity to go run off campus. You have the opportunity to go travel with the team and compete at different places around the Southern Conference and different uh, sports venues. You have the opportunity to go travel to be at different parts of the city to do different functions. In fact, one of the biggest things that the track team did that was kind of a breath of relief for a lot of us was we held a uh, youth track clinic where we drove out to the far side of Mount Pleasant and taught about 80 four to 15 year olds how to run and compete in track. 
And in doing so, we did that on the weekday basis. So we did that on Mondays and Wednesdays. And in doing so, we were able to drive out there ourselves, coach, grab some food on the way back, and just have a breath of relaxing between all the chaos that came with the school itself. So that is one opportunity that sports does give you while being in a military um, college. It's a, it's, a, it's a glimpse of freedom is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's definitely, I mean, that's one of those things where a lot of college athletes know they got to, regardless of campus, you know, it's it's that process where, you know, a lot, and I'm sound like a Rambo, but a lot of the guests have told me they usually try to, and their advice being trying to focus on the academic side of things, that way you can still focus on being successfully in the classroom because that way you can get your opportunities in the in the field and things like that. That way you can try, you know, basically have an opportunity to go show out because you when you put in the work, it you know, it shows it'll pay off eventually. Oh, absolutely. All these opportunities only come because of your academic eligibility. You are a student athlete first. So you mentioned um some of the ways that the awards at the Citadel works. Basically, if you have over a 3.2, you're on the Dean's list. And if you have over a 3.75, you're a gold star recipient. That gold star gives you an opportunity to take a whole weekend away, away from campus and not have to come back. Uh, the Dean's list gives you the opportunity to take 24 hours away. So by being academically active and academically eligible and really focusing on your grades, you actually get more freedom chances to go do your own thing because you're proven that you know how to handle the responsibility now the citadel's academics are a little bit different because you're not allowed to leave on the weekend and there's nothing to do but go to classes most people take an average of 18 credit hours a semester and in fact i know that almost everybody in my classes we were all taking 21 a, a semester i took 21 a semester every semester up until my senior year yeah, and I was fixing to say, you know, you were on the Dean's list four times, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. uh, which is definitely impressive, you know, and speaking from from somebody who's been on the Dean's list a few times, too. I didn't quite get the freedoms like that over at USC Lancaster, so I think <laughs> I was at the wrong school, what, the way you think it sounds. But uh, <laughs> that, that's what happens when you hang up the cleats and you only bring them out once a year. That's right. <laughs> But you know, Evan, one of the other things I usually go into talking about with their guests, just one of the basic things I'm just curious to know about is that, you know, what sport were you, you know, I know you're talking about wrestling and football. So what, what sport did you enjoy watching growing up? And was there a particular, particular athlete that you enjoyed watching? Absolutely. So I really enjoyed, um, growing up, I really enjoyed watching uh Clemson football and my favorite athlete for the longest time was Jacoby Ford who was a wide receiver on Clemson's football team who is insanely good insanely fast and he also ran track track and field yep and so I did not start running track I didn't start doing track until my sophomore year of uh, high school so I paid attention to it a little bit just but I didn't recognize how important it was growing up um in the development of it in the development of an athlete and 
just seeing how he was able to manage all his activities between football, school, track and field, a life, and still seem excelled at the best level was something fantastic to see. Now he didn't get the opportunity. He did get the opportunity to go on to the next level, but he didn't get the opportunity to show out at the next level. Um, so that was kind of sad to see. But he was definitely one that I followed him. <clears throat> Reggie Merriweather, CJ Spiller, uh, James Davis, DeAndre Hopkins, a lot of Clemson football players. I'll put it that way. You know, and it's what's funny is I've met four. CJ Spiller, and if Ricky Sapp, if you're listening to this, I know, yep. you, I know you still have a little bit of beef with CJ. It's still fun <laughs> to listen to, but uh, you know, meeting those guys, and that's one of the things I was fixing the segue into just from my two cents. Over time, just being able to interact with all these, you know, former athletes and or just people in general like you, CJ Spiller. Jacoby Ford talking about what we're trying to, you know, what the organization's trying to do. It's definitely, it's been interesting to see because, you know, starting the event back in, or when I, you know, did the first event back in high school, you know, you'd sit there and think there's no way it could get this big and didn't think it could do these sort of things. And, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, just being able to put the word out there, it, it it helps grow attention to what you're trying to do because I tell people just, you know, from my experience and what, and if there's anybody trying to put on a fundraiser or anything like that, you'll never know until you, you know, ask. And if you get these names, the attention of these names, like I said, you know, having their attention, you're on to something because then, then they'll want to know more. So. Absolutely. And that's one of the best things about this past year. Um, this past year when I, when I was playing in the actual game, I get to look around and see different people and different names that I've recognized from TV and actually get to sit down, talk to them, know them. And that was awesome for me. I mean, me and uh, Judah Davis, I remember watching him play for – Clemson, we had we were had to be on the same team. We were just sitting there joking back and forth about how we're not base, we're not baseball players or softball players, but we're out here going to give it our best. Yeah, and you know, and it's and it's one of the things about being an athlete, you still want to have that competition in you. Exactly. And that was just awesome to see different people and different people from different backgrounds and different sports just go out there and compete and give it their all. And it was awesome to see how many people came to support. Awesome to see how many people, you know, were able to actually give stuff to the silent auction, the different names that were able to show up. And it was just, it was an amazing experience that I'm looking forward to do again in the future. And, you know, and it's, I, yeah, I think some people who listened to recent episodes have heard me say after, you know, Evan, obviously last year when we did the, Ten, when we raised ten thousand dollars, everybody's thinking how good the event was. You know, I'm just, and I could just sit there for a minute or two, just you know, reminisce and enjoy it. You know, the, the you know having the success from such a such a jump from you know I've told I think I told you where you, in years past our best we ever did was around three thousand or four thousand dollars to jump that ten thousand says a lot, but the, <laughs> as the as the story goes i usually just sit there and 
you know, and I just kind of look around and all, <clears throat> and all of a sudden it hits me and you just think, ah, crap, we got to do it again, don't we? <laughs> It, you know, and like I talked about with Judah, it raises it raises a newer standard. You know, and it, and it shows the the I guess you'd say the the outcome, the huge outcomes that we can do. You know, nine years now, it's crazy to think, just because obviously <laughs> doing it for nine years, being able to grow with the event, and from small rec facilities to college fields you know it's definitely it's definitely been interesting because you sit there and think it you know like you know you heard me say you never thought you'd get to this point right and, and so before i you know we get into your experience with softball i, I am curious though as you know we talk about your experience with track and field what would a workout process be like? Because I know the the, the javelin. If I if I, I hope I pronounced that correctly, I hope I'm sure those things are like tricky to really like throw. Because like I feel like it's such a workout for your shoulders. It, it is. So let me actually tell you how it became a javelin thrower because it's going to help define the workout. Yeah. So I got recruited. Well. A preferred walk-on spot as a pole vaulter and so in high school I was I was a pretty darn good pole vaulter I went to state however the difference between college level high school level and college level is insane and so I was good at I was good but I was not great not where I need to be so coach was like all right you're never going to travel here let's switch you over to doing decathlon so I did every single event on the track team which is 100 long jump, shot put, high jump, 400, 100 high hurdles, pole vault, javelin, discus, and a mile. I did it all. Which practicing from 2.30 to 6.30 every day was quite a challenge. Every day we ran two miles, mile warm up under 5.30, mile, mile cool down under 5.45. And that just got my mindset okay i gotta work hard gotta work hard gotta focus on the details so i can actually understand what i'm doing but in all in all after all that training again i was good but not great top eight score and i placed ninth three times and coach was like all right okay you're you're pretty good at switching over there so i ended up throwing javelin switching to javelin and because i had been so focused on the details and during the um decathlon stage the entire time about javelin throwing is all technique there's almost little strength but it's all speed core work a fast hand um so not a fast arm but a fast hand and then technical work technical work technical work technical work because you can't throw a javelin like a baseball you can't come out to the side if you come out to the side you'll start to tear you'll start to tear your elbow and have tommy john surgery after like four throws um, so you have to reach behind you, roll your elbow up to your ear and throw over the top of your head, like a soccer throw in pretty much after running sideways. And so to reteach someone how to throw like that, it's all technical work, technical work, technical work, YouTube film. All right, go back out and technical work, med ball work, um, core work, footwork. That's pretty much it. Just back and forth. And it's just. 
it wears on your body in such a way because so, you can only throw once, maybe twice a week uh, with the javelin. It's not, it's not heavy. It's less under two pounds is how heavy it weighs. But you can't throw too much. Otherwise, you'll just tear your shoulder up and tear it apart. So it's very technical work, very slow, but very um, specific on the details you're trying to accomplish. That's it, because it, it's, it's, you know, and obviously every sport has a different way of their workouts, but for for track and field, it's honestly a, curi- a curious thing I was, I, I wanted to touch upon, just because, you know, I think I've never, I mean, you know, in, in high school and college, you know, you can listen to all of the track and field and you can watch the track and field stuff like the Olympics and things like that, but you never, I think most people would ne- would never know what, you know, how to prepare for that sort of thing. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's most, I would say, as most people say, you win your championships when no one's looking. Yeah. And that is the most, that's definitely um, the way we track. But here's the difference between track and football or, tracking anything else it's an individual sport that you just happen to be surrounded by a team it's not a team sport that you just happen to be an individual on it so you have to be able to focus yourself and be very focused on what you're trying to accomplish at the same time have people around you who can help push you um but you also have to know your body and that's a lot of, where a lot of people fail is they would just want to some people just want to go 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 and not realize okay my body's starting to hurt here I got to take my time. I got to take some time off for myself. Um, and it's, it's interesting. So like sprints, you're trying to go, you're trying to sprint fast, but you're trying to sprint intervals distance. You're trying to go for long distance. You have tempo runs, you have long runs, you have short runs, um, jumps, you have your bounders, plyometrics for pole vault. You have core workout, cardio days, jump days, there is so many different dynamics that's going on at football team on the um, track team. It's, it is insane. The amount of effort that each individual athlete puts in for their one event that, and the coaches have to be able to try to coach all of that. <clears throat> and so it's, it's a, it's very unique to watch a track and field practice. Soon, you know, and then one of the other things that's kind of what to pick your brain about what, you know, I'm sure you've traveled to a couple of facilities here and there, you know, during your time at the civil. So my question being is, you know, which universities or, you know, colleges had, you know, nice looking facilities? The nicest facilities I've ever been to <clears throat> is actually at our rival school, VMI. VMI just got a uh, government grant to build a, what was it, $375 million indoor track and field facility that has a track that raises and lowers. It has a rock wall. It has a um, ropes course in it. It has a gym in it. It has a track, a 400-meter track on the upper deck. It is beyond nice, and it's all for track and field. That was unbelievably beautiful. It's the, called the core training facility. Um, for outdoor track, I would say Duke is very nice. Um, 
Florida is very nice, but USC also has a very good track. They recently redone, redid everything, and it looks very well. It's awesome if you go compete at USC. You might run into a few Olympians who are just trying to who are just trying to compete and tune up. Uh, Allison Felix was there the, uh, at one meet we were at just racing. So we were able to race against Allison Felix. And for those of y'all don't know, who's one of the best Olympic sprinters, female sprinters of all time. You know, and you never know where the next big athlete can come from. <laughs> never. But, uh, you know, Evan, now we're segueing into the softball part of the, the, this episode of the podcast. So in 2021, you came out, made your debut. But the question being is this, do you recall any bit when we first interacted on social media? I, a little bit. Uh, it was like it was like three days before the event. And I was like, I heard about it and I was, you know, I want to be in. I want to be in. This looks like something that I can support 100 percent. Yeah, and that's about as all much as I remember. Just three days before event, I was just so anxious to get there and just compete. And uh, and I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, Spencer Gray, who you're good friends with, former UNC Charlotte softball outfielder. She came to me saying, "Hey, I know you need a player, and I know and I know this one person being you." And you know, I just remember listening to that. I was like, you know what? Tell him to come on. If he has fun, he has fun. You know, I, <laughs> I always tell people, I, I hope they have fun. But, uh, you know, talk you know, talk about experience in the game for the first time. You know, we heard, you know, as you talked about just having conversations with guys like Judah Davis and seeing m- many of these athletes around you. But talk about what it was like just being out there, what it was like experiencing the event. It was fantastic. So leading up to that, I had actually been in a uh, softball league, church softball league in Charleston that I was part of, and me and my friends were showing out in there. But it was just like, okay, this is cool, but we kind of want some higher competition. And so whenever I heard about this opportunity, I was like, okay, let's see how good the competition can get. And I was just blown away at the level of athletes that were out there from all walks of life, young, old, just still got it, still kicking, but also just be doing amazing athletic things. I mean, whenever I actually got out in the field, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let the baseball players go out in the first, first inning. I'm gonna let the softball players go out there first. All right. Then I'm gonna go out there and try it out their second inning. And we're just going to switch off in the outfield. And I knew that when I got in the outfield, I was like, okay, if a ball comes, I got it. I got it. Sure enough, the ball got hit towards my way, and I was like, okay, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. And I got it, and I was able to just luckily catch it and just whip it in um, like it was nothing. But it was still – you didn't want to mess up in front of everybody. You didn't want to be that guy who doesn't play baseball at all and then comes out there to a baseball game and just screws the team over. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It really was. And getting the opportunity to compete at that, I wouldn't say at that level because it's not a college baseball game, but it felt like a big time game to me. And that was that was an amazing experience. You know, I tell people, I try to make it an interesting event. I try to, you know, I try to find different people that, that can be and contribute 
tennis event, whether it's they show up and sit on the bench and, you know, shake hands, kiss babies sort of thing to, you know, where you, I think I still have that. We still, I have a picture of you still saved somewhere. Cause <laughs> as you're talking about it, you can see that picture where you're making your first step going back to try to catch the ball. That's so, right. <laughs> and, and the last few episodes, you know, Ulrich Jones and Judah, who were on the same team as you last year, I told the guys, I was like, I'm not going to lie. I really, 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 really underestimated that field. Because <laughs> that field was it, – it was, it was definitely uh, no, no slouch. It know? was no slouch. And, you know, like I said, we still appreciate the guys over at CIU, Coach Jonathan Johnson, you know, facilities guy, John, I mean, uh, John, Scotty Grigsby, you know, those guys were great. We appreciate those guys for being such great hosts last year. We, we look, we, you know, we look to probably go back down there sometime here in the future. You know, obviously, year nine, we're in a little different direction. We're trying to do something special for those who know. And obviously, Evan, you know this because I try to make it as you, I think, one year being involved for one year, you know, you probably know now I really try to go all out for this event or, well, in Clemson terms, all in, on, you know, whether it's the players, the auction items, things like that. And just really try to make it stand out, you know, because I'm, I'm just about crazy enough to try to. Do more than ten thousand dollars this year. I just got to figure out how we do it. I, I think I think we can get it there, especially if we get the word out about the uh, about the game, get some more people, and I'm I'm really looking forward to what we have to offer this year. You know, me too. And I, and I think as we're you know year nine, and then next year is the ten year anniversary of this thing, which is mind blowing. It's like, you know, like I said, you know, a few times during the episode here, it's definitely something I never thought it'd make or I shouldn't say make grow this far, but the old, it's the old cheesy expression from the field of dreams. If you build it, they'll come. They will come. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but you can, you can see why I say that just because, it's it's people tell me it's grown into into a brand where I even have my I'm starting to have more merchandise now, which I never would have thought as a kid in high school. But you know, it's it's definitely been a, a blessing to look back on to having people such as you, uh, Spencer Farnsworth, Jordan Banks, which Jordan, if you're listening to this or at the time of this recording. Uh, once again, shout out to my our good friend, Jordan Banks for his induction to, into the Charlotte Baseball Roundtable of Honor this past weekend in Charlotte. Uh, couldn't happen to a better guy, you know, good friend of the event, good friend of yours truly. But uh, Evan, as we're basically coming around the final turn on the track and coming into the end of this interview, of the podcast, I'm, I usually end it like this. And you've heard, and you've heard me say it. We, you know, once you're a part of the event and organization, it's, it's a, it's a family, you know, you're a part of a family. 
especially you probably know what I'm talking about with the this group, the the group mess the group messages we had last year, you know, trying to keep everybody in touch and things like that. So my question being is this what is it like to you from your ex experience being a part of the event, the organization, you know, and like I said, being part of what we consider a family and and what in the effort we're trying to do to help kids with type one diabetes. It has been an amazing opportunity that I can really get behind and I can really 100% support. I've seen how it makes a difference in a lot of people and I've seen the need for it. And so just we have the opportunity to be able to compete, bring people, bring people in, let people know about the, let people know about the organization, let people know about the game, um, help raise money and knowing that it's going to a great cause and I can give my time to a great cause. Just something that, something that I've, I'm very happy about and I look forward to doing for many years in the future. And, you know, and we're looking forward to having you hopefully back again this year and like you said, for many years to come. And so, Evan, we appreciate you coming on the podcast, talking about your experience with the South Carolina Diabetes Association and the Sky Softball game. And so to, to finish up this interview, I want to let you take the floor for a moment. Feel free to plug in anything you want to plug in. You know, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the best thing I would say, the best advice I could give is if you find something and believe in it, go after it with everything you got. Do not be afraid to take chances, make mistakes, and get messy, as the yellow school bus, as medic school bus says. And just no matter what, seek out the best opportunities you can, and you never know what might happen. You might be playing in a, a Youth Diabetes Association softball game, or you might go on to have a fantastic opportunity in the business world outside of college athletics. But give everything your best shot, and don't be afraid to ask questions and open up opportunities for yourself. Can't thank you all enough for having me here on this podcast, and I look forward to seeing you all on October 15th for the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association softball game. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Evan McDonald. And for those listening at home, we appreciate you for listening to this episode of us, Guide Us Softball Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Sky to Softball G, uh, Facebook, Sky to Softball Game, and wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever it's Apple, Spotify, whatever app it may be, Look us up at the Sky Softball Podcast. Leave a review, like, give some give some thoughts about what you think of the podcast and and the websites, skyda.com if you want to learn more about the organization, uh, campsweetscape.com if you want to learn more, you know, as the Sky Softball game benefits that camp and helping those kids go to camp and learn how to take better care of their diabetes. And last but not least, skydasoftball.com to learn more about the Sky to Softball game. We thank y'all once again for listening to this episode of the Sky to Softball podcast. Hey, this is Barry Klankenek with Clank's Mosquito and Ant Control. We're a proud sponsor of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and their celebrity softball game. Uh, if you need a quote, 
or have any questions, feel free to reach out via Facebook. Hey, just wanted to say thanks again for listening to this episode of the Sky to Softball Podcast. We want to let everybody know that on Saturday, June 4th at Golden Lanes in Simpsonville, South Carolina, the Joanna Lions Club is coordinating their charity bowling tournament known as Strikeout Diabetes. The proceeds from the tournament will go to help those with diabetes education and support visually impaired individuals in the community with vision needs. If you're interested in being a sponsor or playing in this tournament, give the coordinator, Eddie Marshall, a call at 864 200 97